0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is February 26th. This is the last day of this week's Come Follow Me block, and next week we're going to be studying Genesis chapters 28 through 33. But let's finish up this week by continuing to talk about Isaac and Rebecca, and now we're introducing Jacob and Esau. Remember, yesterday we talked about that beautiful question that Rebecca asked. If it be so, why am I thus? And how we sometimes ask ourselves similar questions when we say, If I'm doing everything that I should be doing, or if I'm living righteously, then why is this happening? Or, If this is thy will, then why is it so hard? Different things like that. She's saying, If I've been blessed so that I can have children, then why do I feel these children struggling within me? And the answer from the Lord is extremely important, especially when we consider the rest of what's going to happen in this chapter. Verse 23 says, and the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people and the elder shall serve the younger. So I love this response from the Lord. First of all, I would have loved to have seen the look on Rebecca's face when the Lord told her that she was having two babies, that kind of first announcement of having twins here. But also to tell her that there were two nations in her womb and these two different strong personalities. Those two nations were going to be Israel that was going to come through Jacob and the people of Edom, which would come through Esau. But even more importantly, it's going to say that the elder will serve the younger. Now, the reason why this is so important is because we have an issue here with these two different children, Jacob and Esau. We have an issue of the birthright. First of all, we see how Esau sells his birthright to Jacob for a mess of pottage. Later, we're going to see how Rebecca is going to trick Isaac into blessing Jacob with that birthright. And it's easy to take a look at both of those examples and say, well, that was so cunning, that was done by trickery, that wasn't right. But we have to give Rebecca the benefit of the doubt here because the Lord told her that the younger was going to rise above the elder, that the elder would serve the younger. And so she had that understanding of really who the Lord intended the birthright to go to. Remember, we talked about the importance of the birthright a couple days ago, but we didn't necessarily talk about what it was or what it all entailed. Oftentimes, when we talk about the birthright in a biblical way, we oftentimes just think of money or inheritance, and that is partially true. However, there is so much more to it than that, because the way the families were set up at the time, all of the children would receive an inheritance, Now, we didn't see that with Abraham and Isaac and Ishmael and things like that because it was a little bit different. Remember, Isaac was the only son of the wife of Abraham. The others were children of concubines or these kind of underwife type situations. And so the inheritance didn't really apply to them in the same way. We saw that Isaac got the entire inheritance and that the other kids got gifts However, in this situation where you have these two twin boys, it would normally be set up that the younger would receive an inheritance and the older would receive a double portion of the inheritance. So it should be that Esau gets that double portion. Jacob is going to get the lesser portion, but a birthright goes well, well beyond that. First of all, that double portion is given to the older child because he is then going to have the responsibility of taking care of his mother and taking care of any sisters or siblings that don't have means to take care of themselves. So there's a responsibility that comes with that double portion of the money. It's not just, hey, take this money and go make something of yourself. It's take this money and take care of your family. Second, this birthright is also a little bit different because remember, we are dealing with the Abrahamic covenant that is now going through the generations. Isaac carried on that Abrahamic covenant and whoever obtains the birthright from Isaac is going to continue to carry on that covenant. So the birthright in this case was part of a covenant. And then finally, A birthright was more than just a money or a financial thing. It was also a spiritual responsibility. Whoever received the birthright all of a sudden obtained the patriarchal duty to take care of the family spiritually, to continue to teach and to lead and to guide the family to righteousness. So it wasn't just a money issue. It was an issue of covenants. It was an issue of leading the family spiritually And so now with the story of the pottage, we begin to see where Esau's priorities lie. First of all, listen to this. Verse 29, it says, And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. Now, something that I think is really important to recognize is that we've already been told in this chapter that Esau was a hunter. He liked to be out and he liked to be hunting, but that Jacob liked to be home. So here you have Esau returning from the field. Jacob is there. He's got this pottage. He's got this food. But where were they? It says he had returned from the field, meaning Esau was home. So here he sees Jacob with food. And it's not like it's the only food in the universe. It's just he didn't want to go and to make or to get his own food. He wanted Jacob's food. So oftentimes we take a look at this story because he comes and he says, oh, I'm faint. I'm hungry. Give me your food. And Jacob says, well, I will if you sell me your birthright. And sometimes we look at Jacob and it would be easy to be like, well, that was selfish. His brother was hungry. He thought he was going to die. Why didn't Jacob just give him food? Why didn't he share? Well, it's not like Jacob was the only source that Esau had for food. Esau could have gone elsewhere for food. He was home at that point, but he wanted what Jacob had. So Jacob says, sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, behold, I am to the point to die. What profit shall this birthright be to me? Now that phrase is incredibly telling. Esau says, I'm about to die. So what good is the birthright to me? Now, my friends, remember the birthright had far more to do with spiritual things than it did with physical things. Yes, physical money. Yes, an inheritance. But what about the covenants? What about the obligation to lead the family in spirituality? Esau says, I'm going to die so this birthright doesn't do me any good. Well, that is just not true. Because if the birthright was the covenant, then that covenant wasn't just for the here and now. It wasn't just for mortality It was for the eternity. And yet Esau was so blind to the eternities and so focused on the here and the now and the present day need that he completely lost his eternal perspective and the purpose of the birthright, the purpose of the covenant, that he just saw absolutely no need for it. In fact, we see this later in verse 34, it says, Esau despised his birthright. Jacob didn't ask for something that Esau was clinging to tightly. Esau didn't want it. He didn't need it. He despised it because it wasn't just about the money. It was about the spirituality, about the covenants, and about the responsibility. And Esau despised that aspect of it. Now, my friends, this story might seem silly, right? Like a big giant example. We aren't going to sell our covenants. We're not going to sell the things that mean the most to us in big and obvious ways. But what little ways do we make the same mistake that Esau makes? What ways do we sell our birthrights, our covenants, our testimonies, our integrity for small and simple things? What small and simple things can we do that show the Lord how much we value our covenants? Maybe it's Our frequency in the temple. Maybe it's the way we wear our garments. Maybe it's the way we value and worship on the Sabbath day. There are so many little ways and little things that we do that tell the Lord exactly how much we value our covenants, value our relationship with Him, value our spirituality and the Spirit and our testimonies. We have to be careful that we are not selling those things for the equivalent. Of a mess of pottage. Sister Linda S. Reeves once said When all is said and done, what will matter to our Heavenly Father will be how well we have kept our covenants and how much we have tried to follow the example of our Savior, Jesus Christ. My friends, I testify that in the big and the little things that we do every day, we make choices of who we will follow, and choices that determine how much we value our royal birthrights. I testify that as we cling to those birthrights and do the little things every day to show it, we will come closer to our father in heaven and feel his love more profoundly in our lives. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.